This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, episode 44. Today we're talking about the Green Bay Packers exhibition loss in Baltimore to the Baltimore Ravens, 26-13. We're the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to it. It's G-Seds in Chicagoland. It is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers coming to you from the beautiful north side of state yep. of Mr. Matt Malumsetter. I'm Mike Fleshman. That's Matt Malumsetter. How you doing, Matt? Good. How you doing, Mike? Doing good. It's been a while since I've been in a legitimate college apartment. Yeah. Well, thank you for having apartment. me. Thank you for having me in yours. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the, the, the house that sleeps one too many. Yes. They, um. they all do. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're in a tight little bedroom. Today, recording uh, from my Addison Street abode. It is it is so interesting being up here because I, of course, I had lived in, I had three legitimate college apartments. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I had a couple of roommates and it was in like the lower half of a flat real close to the campus. It was very nice. Uh, the next place I ended up living was a apartment in a much larger apartment complex with one of those guys. We got a two bedroom. Yeah. And then... I lived with Amy and her roommates for a summer and then had a sublet for a little while. And all of these places, like, they, when, when it was all, until I moved in with my girlfriend who became my wife, yep. like, it was all just dudes and we were, none of us were housebroken in the slightest. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, and I'm so glad it came along because, you know, I, people come over to my house now and they're just like, oh, I was like, this is very tidy. This is very nice and welcome. Yeah, it's, and it's, clean. it's well done. Yeah. It's, and to me, it's a matter of like, this took, this took at least a decade for me yeah. to be able to get into a, a place where, you know, I could have a living space that looks like this because, oh, we were. We were <laughs> Wild animals. Yeah, we were absolutely. Unleashed on a home. Yeah. <laughs> we did not get our security deposit <laughs> back is what I'm telling you. So. Yeah, we've got some big holes in the wall. Neil made some. Neil hung a television, and he made and choices. We're hiding a few things behind that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we might not too. If you are Matt Mellumsetter's landlord, um, Cheryl, th- this turn last, this off. Yeah, this last bit was last bit was just satire. It's a joke. There are no holes in any walls. Cheryl's in France. She's oh. not listening to any podcasts. <laughs> Every email I get from my landlord is about to leave for insert like very expensive exotic location like about to leave for the Galapagos about to leave for Spain about to leave for Antarctica. He's like, all right, bro, (laughs) we've got to find a good place to spend seventy percent of your monthly income. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, landlords. Um, you know what's better than landlords? The Green Bay Packers. Yeah, more ethical, I think. Yes, possibly more ethical. Then landlords are the Green Bay Packers. Uh, full confession right up top. I didn't watch a single snap of Packers versus Ravens. I've done a little bit of reading about it. I've seen a few limited replays, but my head has been fully stuck into high school sports for the last uh, seven days since we last sat down to record. But I'll tell you up top and kind of get the conversation started. On It seems like the general consensus about from the pundits about Last week's game against the Ravens is yeah. that the whole team had a had a flat showing and not a lot of questions were answered. 
Yeah, it was the the first time that we got to see the real first unit for the defense, but uh, that doesn't mean that we really saw much of Mike Pettin's playbook uh, with that first unit defense. Um, it was a lot of the base defense, which is pretty typical for a preseason game. You don't really get into the sub-packages. Any of the unique stuff, both on offense and defense, you almost never see in the preseason. It's yeah. pretty plain, basic, uh, as simple as it can get for a a lot of the guys that aren't going to be playing in the season. Um, and so these preseason reps don't really mean a whole lot. The practice reps mean a lot more, um, kind of as was spoken to by Aaron Rodgers this week about his preseason time, which we will probably get into in a little bit here. But the defense looked uh, looked all right, not great. Well, and Rodgers was slated to go in that game. I think they wanted to play him a series or a quarter or some negligible amount of time and a little bit of, back tightness in front of the game kept him out so Boyle Kaiser and Wilkins all got a chance to go again and you know I think uh, I think last year I've, I've kind of, or last week I kind of laughed at myself after I recorded and that like I didn't actually compare Tim Boyle to Peyton Manning sure no but, he's not actually yeah Peyton Manning. I didn't actually do that that's not a thing that I actually did despite the audio record yeah strong, strongly implying that this is a joke um. Yeah. No, he's not Peyton Manning. And nope. Tim Boyle looked really bad in this game, and I think uh, to any 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 uh, critic of Deshaun Kaiser to this point, uh, Kaiser looked relatively steady in this game, despite the five for ten, uh, you know, pass attempts, fifty uh, percent completion rate, seventy six yards. I think it was. Um, he was he looked steady. He didn't really ever move on to his second read, but that's you know consistent for Deshaun Kaiser to this point. It's just that. If he makes that first read, is he delivering on time? Is he making a good throw? And some of these throws were really exceptional. There was a few to Jake Kumro on his second drive that were great off the last step of that drop, delivering into a perfect pocket for Jake Kumro to haul it in. But uh, some of them, like a, a, a fourth down slant to Devontae Adams, was high and away, um, and he just didn't really have a chance. So for Kaiser, still about honing that consistency in, but still no turnovers, and that's key. It really is. and. Having a good plan when you come off read one is, of course, what we talked about and last week. And I think mm-hmm. you know, the thing that I made clear is that having a good plan sometimes doesn't have to be like make some sort of escape artist move and scan the field yeah. and redirect traffic. Having a good plan for a young quarterback who no one ever thought was going to turn into Aaron Rodgers is make a decisive move yeah. and do it quickly and do it without giving the ball to the other, other team. Yeah. Because fourth and three with J.K. Scott as your punter is way better than first and ten for your opponent yeah. in, on your side of the field, which is which is how, how you develop a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if it ever becomes, if it ever gets to the point for Kaiser where he is coming into a training camp in competition or already slated to be your number one guy, it'll be a different thing for him. It'll be yeah. a different set of challenges. But for right now, the, the, uh, the things that you have to, uh, one of the high school coaches I was talking to uh, to yesterday talked about having predictable outcomes mm-hmm. and you know, going dropping back on, on third and nine and having just enough time to realize your read isn't there and to create fourth down and not a turnover. That's kind of the definition of that, having a predictable outcome yeah. instead of forcing it, you know, do something where you send the, the special teams out whose job it is to punt the football away and you trust them to do that mm-hmm. and you kind of move on and you build a good game from there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Deshaun Kaiser looked 
pretty solid. Tim Boyle running against mainly the twos and threes and deep into the fourth quarter there um, before we saw Manny Wilkins only had two attempts. Tim Boyle looked not good against mm-hmm. second and third stringers and guys that won't make the practice squad. Kaiser looked all right to not great against the ones and a few of the twos. And so, you know, at this point, I think the backup job is pretty sealed for Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. Um, I think if Tim Boyle can sneak onto a practice squad, I doubt there's many teams looking out there to bring Tim Boyle on as a third string kind of guy. Um, I just don't think he's really there yet. Um, but the part of him that reminds me of Peyton Manning is that physical oh, skill yeah. set. Is is the six foot four um the ball's kind of pretty high, and he's just, boom. Yep, quick release, good mechanics. Quick release, yeah. And the, the rest of it, yeah, the rest of it isn't in, in there yet, but that's, yeah, I, I still think I still think the Packers keep three quarterbacks into this season. I don't think, I don't think they let him try and get to waivers. Yeah. Because I think what, I think they saw, although this, we're talking about different athletes here, I think they saw what happened when they tried to let Taysom Hill yeah, go to waivers, and the Saints have made him a pretty important piece of their offense as yeah. much as like a backup quarterback slash kick returner can be. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I mean, Tim Tim Boyle adds none of that versatility. No, there's nothing there. But... He's just the quarterback, and so you know, I I I I guess my reasoning for why we don't keep Tim Boyle is if Aaron Rodgers goes down, it doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter anyways. Um, so you might as well use that spot just on through, a yeah. seventh wide receiver or an extra outside linebacker or another offensive tackle or something. Um, we'll see. We'll we will see if you are right about that. And that's yeah. I think I think it, I have I have preseasonitis. I have preseason yeah. brain. Oh, it's the where, it's the best part of the year. Where though. like the fifty fifth man to me all like, of a sudden is more he's important. Star. Yeah. We need Alan Lazard on this team. Yep. Yeah. I have preseason brain. Yeah. It breaks your brain very smooth and makes your judgment poor. No bumps. Or friction for thoughts for bad thoughts to get caught. Nope. Just lets them run free. <laughs> yeah. Smooth Everything is brain. just yeah, sliding right off. Um, <laughs> sliding right down to the mouth yep. where it gets projectiled <laughs> out. Um, yeah. yeah, and and so, you know, outside of that we we, we started the game with Deshaun Kaiser. We saw a series of Devontae Adams, some Jake Kumaro running with the one, some Geronimo Allison. We saw a lot of Robert Tanyan. Um, a little bit of Jimmy Graham. I think uh, just the other day at practice, he injured his finger. Looks like he dodged anything big there. Um, but yeah, a, a a decent game for a few of the bubble wide receivers in Alan Lazard, in excuse me, in Darius Shepard, uh, who I think will very definitely make this roster. Um, the the bonus that he gives on special teams started the game off at the thirty six yard uh, kickoff return, and that that is so huge for. Yeah. The Packers in that they have been very content to have Trevor Davis in their back pocket, even even with him being an IR last season. Yeah, they were happy to bring him back, and he continues getting reps. There was talk as camp started that like Trevor Davis is impressive this year, and you know if it's if hurt. if you have preseason brain, yeah, you you're like me, you think like, well, this is finally this is the, year. the time for Trevor Davis when like Trevor Davis has never shown anything he's, in an NFL game. He's never shown he's he's had a few decent returns um but never shown anything as a wide receiver. Darius Shepard getting the vast majority of the slot snaps thus far in the preseason and is producing pretty well off of them. Um he had three receptions for 11 yards but a nice touchdown in the back of the end zone from Tim Boyle on kind of a scramble drill where the, the pocket broke down a little bit. Tim Boyle bought some time, 
found Darius Shepard on a nice throw to the back of the corner, tippy tapped those toes in and scored the touchdown. That's a big, uh, you know, thing in the preseason when that's the only touchdown we saw uh, on Thursday. And I think, I think if you're the Packers receiver squad, I mean, we talk a lot about. If, let me contrast Aaron Rodgers to Russell Wilson, sure, who is a deep ball, catch it on the move kind of thrower. Yeah, he'll 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 lead you right to it. With Rodgers, Rodgers will make very high degree of difficulty throws that require very technical catching. Yeah, and so a receiver core that highlights the ability. You know, look at Devontae Adams and how successful yeah. he's been yep. with Aaron Rodgers. It's because Devontae Adams can put his two toes down with one blade of grass between them and the sideline, yeah. fall out of bounds, catch the ball off of the uh, you know the defensive coordinator's shoelaces yeah. as he falls out of bounds, and come up with a great catch. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, you're not going to hang around with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You yeah. know, Mr. Mercurial, Mercurial, which is a word I can say. Yeah. Unless, uh, to know that word that we unless know. you make that high degree of difficulty catch. And so a guy like Shepard showing that early, that's important. Yeah, and, and it's a it's similar skill set we saw immediately out of Jordy Nelson, is that mm-hmm. ability to keep the toes in bounds, find a way to come down with it. Uh, same with a lot of Geronimo Allison early on in last year before he got hurt. Think of that Chicago game. The first touchdown after Aaron Rodgers comes out of that tunnel is the deep throw that Geronimo Allison falling down in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a receiving core that relies on those kind of technical things and not necessarily the pure physical aspects uh, is going to succeed with Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen a lot of that out of this receiving course thus far in the preseason. Darius Shepard, Ronald Allison, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard, none of these guys really top-flight athletes, but really skilled uh, receivers, catchers, route runners, that kind of guy. I had I had kind of a, a moment of revelation last week, last weekend really. I was watching a watching a scrimmage between a couple of high school teams and just kind of had that realization of like if you're talking about a guy who has four four speed yeah versus a guy who has four seven speed yeah and, and one of them is has the word fast applied to them and the other one has the word slow applied to them yeah that's insane yeah <laughs> well i mean think about it that matchup you just described is julio jones on ladarius gunter yep ladarius gunter ran a four six nine julio jones ran a four three seven four three six and so those those two players next to each other is is comparatively slow. I mean, uh, even though a 4-7 yep. is <laughs> ridiculous. And if a quarterback runs a 4-7, you're like, whoa, they're so athletic. Yeah, I just I just always find myself wondering, like, if, if someone runs a 4-4 mm-hmm. in, in a combine, yeah. are they still, are they running that 4-4 in full pads yeah, exactly. in an NFL game? Is that, is that like, really... Yeah, I I always wonder about the idea of like just grading a guy as slow because he's two tenths of a second slower than the fastest man in the NFL. Yeah, and well, and Geronimo Allison is a great ex- example of that. I think Geronimo Allison ran a high four sixes, almost a four seven, uh, at the combine, but at one point last year was the fastest measured player in the NFL. He he got out of straightaway, hit like twenty three miles an hour, and was the fastest player in the NFL that week, and so. In a 40-yard dash in a combine setting, John Miles and didn't perform well in a game. He plays much faster than some of the guys around him. Yeah, which is, well, basically, like, the thing I kind of came around to is is that I do think that speed gets overvalued. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, 
Look at you know the Raiders and Al Davis, yeah. who would draft guys based solely on their forty time for years, yeah. and no one could catch a damn pass on that team other than Jerry Rice, who was fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, look at look at that versus you know guys like Jordy Nelson and and Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison now Darius Shepard who are showing you like legitimate wide receiver skills. Yeah. Yep. And and you know it's, I think a continuation of this wide receiver discussion is is. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown not really shown anything thus this preseason hasn't really gotten many snaps. Um, is that Russell roster's... play on special teams? Russell play on special teams. Yep. He always performs well on special teams. But um, I mean, I guess my question is like, is that roster spot safe? Are we assuming that Equinemia St. Brown is you know automatically the fourth receiver? If we're if huh. we're looking at it as a a, a Devonte Adams is our one, Jonah Allison is the two. Uh, MVS, Jake Kumro is the 3-4. You know, is Equinemius St. Brown in that 5 slot? He offers nothing in the return game, a little bit on the special teams game, where Alan Lazard's given a lot in the in the special teams game. Played well as a wide receiver, thus in the preseason with the 2s and 3s. Darius Shepard's probably going to be on that roster because of that returns game. Like, Is what we saw out of Equinemius St. Brown last season, you know, 21 receptions, couple hundred yards of one or two big games is that enough to guarantee this roster is not going forward i have a feeling that a lot of these decisions for a new head coach and matt lafleur and as he works with the front office are going to be based on some criteria based on criteria that we're not familiar with as of yet mm-hmm. i think you can look at you can look at the breakdown of this game and jamon moore was not targeted for a pass yeah. once yeah with first team second team third team Anything. you know the 70 through 90 guys, nobody. And yeah. I think that really kind of says where they're at with him is that there was no part of the game plan to like, see if he has a better game. Well, yeah. Well, I, he, he's not been playing well in training camp yep. thus far. He's just been not great. So I think that he's, he's almost off the bubble at this, at, yeah. at this point. And I think, yeah, EQ St. Brown is interesting because he did flash NFL level plays last season. Yeah. And it, I am I am interested to see what he is able to do on an NFL roster, but when it comes to you know, your windows right now with yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is an old man yep. who you makes a three ton years. of money. Yep, your window is right, absolutely right now, and you know, with uh, there are no free agent signings at wide receiver coming in that door. Nope. Yeah, Antonio Brown is often uh, is often Oakland being very normal <laughs> yep. on the world's most normal team. Uh, Right. No one's walking in that door. So if you get a guy like Jake Kumaro, yeah, who's already you know showing you some technical skills, you get a guy like Darius Shepard who's showing like I can make big time NFL catches right now. Darius Shepard, NDSU guy, uh, long time, like a five straight. Every year he was in college football, he won the national championship. I mean, that's yep. a it's a winner who knows how to produce. Yeah, I think I think that the the consideration of you have to be drafting, you have to be putting guys on your squad. Who can be out there getting targets this mm-hmm. year? Because Rogers is going to spray the ball everywhere on the field. Yep, he, and these guys have to be ready in every circumstance. So if a guy like you look at a guy like EQ St. Brown and think like in a season and a half he's going to be a all all star, like it doesn't matter because he's trying mean, to win this year. Doesn't doesn't mean much. Yep, doesn't doesn't have a lot of meaning to the Packers right now. And I also think that I also think think that we're going to deal with a little bit of sort of old school thick headedness from a guy like Matt LaFleur. Yeah. 
and he's going to be watching all 22s, watching who holds their blocks longest yep. on the edge and no. shit like that, too. And that's why I think a guy like Alan Lazard is going to have a great chance of actually making this team is because of the amount of praise that's being heaped on him by Aaron Rodgers, by Matt LaFleur, for that special teams play and for his ability to adjust to the ball and be good in these scramble uh, drills that Aaron Rodgers loves so much. But, I, you know, I... I I've always been very high on Alan Lazard. I think he kind of plays that wide receiver, tight end, uh, middle ground. I think he can be kind of that slot option up the middle. He's like six foot five. He's like two hundred and forty pounds. Um, so I think he, him and Robert Tanyan kind of play a similar role. They're both like these very fast for a tight end, but you know a little bit slow for a wide receiver. But can exploit that kind of linebacker matchup uh, over the middle. You mentioned tight ends. Of course, we did see Jimmy Graham play a little bit yep. in the game. Well, I, when I say we, I mean not me. So I, didn't see I him did. Play any. He, I saw him play 13 snaps. Um, Is he still tall? He's still tall. Uh, he had one catch for five yards. Uh, Tanyan had three for 17. No Sternberger. He's still in the uh, concussion protocol, but I think he got back onto the practice field today. That's good. Um, not in like a full-fledged practice, but to see how he you know, how he reacts to physical uh, movement and stuff. Robert Tanyan is, uh, it's Jay Sternberger, like the whole concussion protocol thing, it's awful. Yeah. And, but at the same time, like, I've wanted the team to have a good look at Robert Tanyan yeah. since I saw him in preseason last year. Yeah, and he has looked really, really good. He's he really makes my so preseason athletic. brain tingle. Yeah. He's so athletic, and that's what I'd love to see in the preseason. And his one touchdown catch last year, ooh, high degree yeah. of difficulty. Oh, That's yeah. the other thing. High degree that... of difficulty, a crazy throw from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe yep. his best last year along with that drama Allison yeah. in the Chicago game. A monster throw, a monster catch. Like That's the that's the kind of thing that the Packers need to be looking for in all their receivers is the ability to make high degree of difficulty catches because you can talk about how high Robert Tunyon got up, but you also yeah. talk about the fact that he got up there with like hands. With hands in catching position. With hands yeah. in catching position after yep. like a 65-yard sprint where mm-hmm. he beat a DB. I mean, that's not – it's not just the catch yep. on that play. It's the route that he runs to cut inside the DB and beat a defensive back to the spot as a tight end. I mean, that's impressive to send a tight end on that kind of a deep post route. So – No one talked about the running backs in this game. No, uh, we didn't really see a whole ton. There's one big run uh, came from Darren Hall, and that Darren Hall play it was a 28-yard run, and it was kind of the first bit of what we've seen that Matt LaFleur is going to want to do with this offense, which is a lot of looks out of similar-looking formations. Um, and so these Darren Hall had two runs in a row here. It was a 28-yarder and then a 5-yarder immediately afterwards. And so they lined up in kind of an 11 personnel, moved a tight end in motion, um, over to, I believe it was the strong side, as like a blocker, and then they'd run it to Darren Hall on the counter, and he'd go to the left. And so this like uh, uh, motion movement, they then repeated in the exact next play, ran kind of a similar thing, flipped the sides, it looked like, if I remember correctly. And then the next one is a play-action deep shot from Tim Boyle that he throws down Lazard for like 25 yards. And so it was three straight plays, same formation, same personnel, same motion to start the play. Every single time the tight end's ending up in a different place, every single time the ball's going in a different place, every single time it's a different look out of the same starting look. So it gives the defense so much to gauge every single play. There's something different changing every time, even though three straight plays, it looks the exact same to start. 
Dexter Williams had a fumble. Dexter Williams is your presumptive third stringer. We still haven't seen any of the first team running backs. Yep. We may see them against the Raiders in Canada. Yeah. Coming up two days from now. In Winnipeg? Do we know where that is? I, I'm not sure. I just used okay. that as a chance to do my, my Canadian accent for one word. I'm glad we got that in. I'm from Canada. Huh? Love the Expos, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, as a South Dakotan, you don't have like that close relationship with Canada, no. but I, I bet it feels at least a little Canadian. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, we're we're pretty close. Like, you get some Minnesotans who come down, some North Dakotans who come down, and you're like, okay, you guys are, like, pretty much Canada. Yeah. Uh, we still feel like we are very much America, whether that's for the best or not. Um, it is pretty American, I still it's not as cold. It's not as horrible. It's not as, yeah. as deadly. Sure. And uh, in my my 2019 slogan is uh, America. It's cool to be awesome. It's cool to be awesome. Yep. That's um, I tweet that like once every 90 days yeah, on I my seen Twitter it. account, and just it never gets any likes or retweets. But that's just my thing. 2019 colon. It's cool to be awesome. It's cool to be awesome. Yep. That's how I feel. Um, but yeah, Dexter Williams is a third stringer. He's a rookie running back. Uh, Shows good burst. Yep. Um, he's he's quick, but yep. The other the other guy's been giving me preseason brain, and it seems like he's definitely going to get a roster spot for Lafleur. Is uh, Danny Vitale or Vitali? Yeah. yeah. And he was out. So yeah, not much to see there. Nothing uh, there. Tommy Bohannon got the call, got signed in. Um, he was fine. I mean, Tommy yep. Bohannon. He was with Nathaniel Hackett in. Jacksonville for a little bit and uh, was out of the league for a few years. Um, so another fullback on the roster now, whether that's to fill in for uh, Danny Vital being out or whether we're actually going to carry, whether the Packers will carry two fullbacks on the squad, I don't know. I hope not the latter. We did see all of our presumptive starting offensive linemen. Yes. At least for a little while in this game. Balaga and Bakhtiari both came out for 15 snaps. Lane Taylor was out there, Billy Turner, Corey Lindsley. Looks like that's your presumptive starting five right now is yeah. is Lindsley, Taylor, Turner, Balaga, and Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. Elton Jenkins got a lot of time. Alex Light, Lucas Patrick, Justin McCray. I think I just said the names of the four guys who are going to make it on the roster behind them as well. Yeah. I you know, I, I don't know if we'll see uh, Anthony Coyle or Yash Neiman or Adam Panky, Jared Bevere. I don't know if we've talked very much about Cole Madison. Yeah, coming back. I think there was just an offhand mention of Cole Madison is back with the team and looks pretty good, and he's definitely getting his chances. Yeah, and a lot of snaps. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he makes the team. I haven't seen enough on him to know whether or not he's playing at an NFL level after literally a year off of football. Yeah, and you know, never having never played an actual NFL game. Yeah, but I just want to say that, like, hey. If the Packers do something cool, I want to shout it out. And like the fact that they worked with Cole Madison, yeah. it's really neat. After you know, after the all he's been through for the last year, like that's it's amazing that they allowed that to happen. And I think that I go back to uh, I forget it was like I think the late 2010s. The uh-huh. the NBA, the uh, Houston Rockets drafted a player named Royce White. Yeah, who was a six eight power point power forward kind of guy. Yeah, and uh, Royce White has had a, a collection of of mental health issues and he was very outspoken about them and the NBA pretty much just like treated him as if he was a space alien. 
And I think that the change we're going to see in sports these days is that we're going to see teams move away from looking at a guy who's like outspoken about the fact of like this, you yeah. know, sometimes the normal way of doing things isn't going to work for me. Yeah. They're going to go from like, well, then goodbye. Yeah. To actually treating that in a proper way. And I think that, you know, the NFL is behind the curve on that in a big way. The, the NBA has come a long way on stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for a guy like Royce White, who I don't know has ever played any significant NBA minutes since being drafted. I know he's in the big three league mm-hmm. now, but I don't had know. a cup of coffee with the 76ers kind of yeah. a few years after being drafted as well. But you know, for, for a guy who accomplished nothing on the court in the NBA, I think that yeah. it's weird because his influence is going to be felt for a while because yeah. he made a whole bunch of executives probably have a conversation yeah, and that now, they'd never have before. And now there's a big um, kind of a push in the NBA, like, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. kind of making this push of like we all struggle with these issues like it's not uncommon even in an NBA locker room for this kind of stuff um, so no his his uh, actions are still felt and Packers uh, ahead of the curve from the rest of the NFL for the most part yeah especially when you're dealing with a late round offensive lineman mm-hmm. someone that is very much like a yeah complete coin flip of yeah. like we don't know where this is going to land we don't really care yeah since we, just we've got our tackles we're yeah. just just seeing seeing what this guy can do and for them to extend that kind of uh, of patience to him is really really good so there you go i'm happy about the packers for doing that yeah so we'll see if he gets a roster spot um defensively here moving past yeah the- i didn't want to i don't i wanted to get your thoughts defense a little harder to read the first teamers were out there a little bit um they they had some trouble with baltimore yeah. And I, I think that's not surprising because not oh boy, Baltimore's first team is going to give people some trouble. Yeah, that's a in this game. Baltimore's first team is unbelievably athletic and fast, and they run a lot of uh, misdirection, and they get a lot of pre-snap movement, and they are confusing, and they do a lot. Now that said, um, didn't play first unit, didn't play terribly. Um, Rashawn Gary has been playing a lot of offensive. Uh, sorry, excuse me, outside linebacker, um, which is not his natural position. You know, he was kind of drafted as a defensive lineman who will be playing a little bit outside linebacker. Uh, the vibe from Mike Pettin is that he's getting the most amount of snaps. Rashawn Gary led the team in, or led the outside linebackers in snaps again this week with 34. And the thought kind of being that that's the, position that's not natural to him other than defensive end like let's get him as many in-game reps there as we can as uh, so we saw a lot of uh Rashawn Gary at the edge at the outside linebacker position didn't put anything on the stat sheet but it's not important right now um so Reggie Gilbert had a nice sack a lot of snaps for Preston Smith and Zedarius Smith uh, a decent game for the defense not great but decent yeah, the, the Ravens ended up with 26 points. A lot of what happens in the second halves yeah. of NFL games in the preseason does not matter at all. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some of the things that we're keeping our eye on that start we started noticing last week is, of course, there is a battle right now between Bolton and Summers yeah. for who is going to play next to Blake Martinez in the inside of that 3-4. Yeah. Um, I think oh, there was a good amount of ink on Summers not having had a good game yeah. against the Ravens. I was kind of out there saying last week that like I don't think he had a good game against the Texans yeah. either. Yeah, <laughs> so no, he misses a lot of tackles and Curtis Bolton played 
pretty dang well next to Blake Martinez. He had an interception that was tipped up by Tony Brown. Um, he, he led the team in tackles with six. Uh, he had three solos and one for a loss and a pass defended as well. He's just kind of all over the place. You know, he missed a few tackles. He's not flawless yet, but you're going to see that in the preseason when you're not allowed to do a lot of live tackling drills. Um, you know, it, it takes game reps to get into the, the swing of things and everything. But Curtis Bolton, a really good uh, like pass rusher up the middle. We know how much Mike Pettin loves that A-gap pressure. Um, I think he, he works as a really good, like, will side linebacker next to Blake Martinez, who's more of the, you know, track down the ball, tackle it all means. Blake Martinez always reminds me of, like, a robot in a video game who, like, eyes are set to yeah. track you, and there's nothing else that he could do but track you. Um, where Curtis Bolton seems to be more of a gadget type of guy, and Ty Summers seems to be more of, like, a coverage kind of, you know, Blake Martinez light type of guy to put in on that will side. Yeah, if you're looking for someone to pair with Martinez, I'd be looking for someone a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Yep. A little bit wilder. A little bit wilder, a little bit more of the get-into-the-backfield type where Martinez plays a lot yep. more of the uh, safety kind of uh, middle linebacker, field general type. Get me that pet and attitude, please. Yeah, yeah. Go in at 150 miles an hour, please. And yeah, I, I mean, thus far we haven't seen much of Mike Patton's playbook get opened up yet. So it's a lot of the base defense when that playbook opens up i'm sure we'll see a lot of crazy pressure coming from curtis bolton in the secondary we saw darnell savage for 22 snaps adrian amos for 22 it's good to see those guys out there and getting time together that's going to be important uh, a lot of the other other guys in the um, at the safety position are they we're played. still yeah we're still working out the idea of like is is will redmond who is who is going to be three and four yeah in the in the safety core that's you know, I think Raven Green is I the think, only kind of consensus there. Yep, I think Raven Green definitely. Um, we, we didn't see any Josh Jones. We have not seen Josh Jones for a while now. Um, I don't think he's been practicing this week either, I think, with an illness. Um, so, you know, that fourth safety, I don't know who it is at this point. Uh, I think I think it's pretty safe to say Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Raven Green are the one, two, three. Who that fourth one is, got no idea. Yeah, I'm curious as to what physical profile they're looking for because you got a guy like Natrell Jamerson who possesses some NFL-level athleticism, but is yeah. a little small. Yeah. And do you want that kind of guy? Are you looking for that Josh Jones kind of guy who's going to be a little bit bigger and you know pop you a little bit more? Yeah. Who, who Josh Jones could play that kind of sub-linebacker, kind of that will side replacement for Curtis Bolton as like a coverage kind of guy. You know, he can he can fit in so many places on the field. It's just that if he wants to. Um. So, uh, you know, with the safeties. Some great play from Adrian Amos, a lot of tackles. Um, I think it was Hayden Hurst tried to jump him, and he got ran through by Adrian Amos. And we saw some fantastic coverage from Darnell Savage on the first drive. Um, I think it was the third down. Lamar Jackson looked deep, and Darnell Savage, without touching the guy, runs him right out of bounds. Just shields shields him from coming back in to make a play on the ball, runs him right out of bounds, hands up in the air. It was, it was, it was, it was brilliant coverage, and it's something that's exciting to see. Uh, from Darnell Savage with that crazy amount of speed. He can come up on the ball so well. We saw it a few times um, on Thursday, but, but the coverage looked great as well. Looking forward to Adrian Amos. Looking, yeah. looking for, I'm also oh, looking I'm forward so to, uh, honestly looking forward to Ha Ha Clinton Dix as a bear. Yeah, that'll be, you know, whether it's a wake-up call or whether it's just the same Ha Ha Clinton Dix we've seen for the last three years, um, it'll be exciting to see either way. Yeah, I'd like it to be a wake-up call because I'm, I'm, I'm. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a good, 
he had a great start with the Packers, and if he would get back in into form, that'd be very good. He plays for the Bears though, so I can't. <laughs> I won't be upset if it's yeah. a failure. Ultimately. If he has great personal success on a very bad losing, I team. hope he starts. I I hope he starts a a a a nice business that's small yeah. and supports his local community, but doesn't bring in too much money <laughs> and pays his employees well. At the cornerback position, uh, Chandon Sullivan, who's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, played a lot. Of yeah, he seems to uh, he seems to have activated the uh, the coaching staff's preseason brain. Yeah, a little bit, of course. Uh, and no Kevin King as of yet. He's still nope. he's still out. Yeah, they still they still know where he is, I guess. Uh, Tony Brown still playing well. Still played well. Tipped the lead to an interception. Star Holman injury. I don't know if we've gotten an update I since the game. Haven't really seen anything about it. Uh, played sixteen snaps. Got hurt. Had to leave the game. Looked good in those sixteen snaps. Yep. Just Tremont Williams. He's thirty eight. Still playing in the preseason. Yep, he's playing in the preseason. That that in itself tells you, you know, tells you why they keep signing this guy. Yep, he's earned in his roster spot. Is that yeah, he'll do what you ask him to. And had a couple tackles. Looked all right. Sure. Um, he'll be a I think a valuable depth piece mm-hmm. on this in this this secondary. Is Tremont Williams as your fourth cornerback is pretty safe. I I, I think even at this point, I prefer to see Tony Brown above him. Uh, when we get to the regular season, if Kevin King's still injured, I'd rather see Tony Brown at that third uh, cornerback instead of uh, Tremont Williams. Uh, no Josh Jackson still injured there. Um, so got to have that depth in, this, in the defensive back room. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with a couple of guys in Jackson and King who, yeah. what's going on? Where are Pretty they going to be? Who knows? Yeah. be interesting. I'd love to ask an NFL coach, particularly like a DB's position coach, how a de- how a defensive back can kind of ensure himself against aging out? Yeah, because you get like a, dry, a guy like Tremont Williams. I think something that's always been a part of his game is is taking decent angles. Yeah, and last year I think I'll I'll remember a couple of times where he took the worst angle yeah. on earth. Yeah, he just he but also like he's generally slower. Yeah, generally you don't notice that with him, but you know he slowed down, but he's still being put on rosters and on the field for for the Packers. I, yeah. I think that's really, really impressive, and I'm just curious as to, you know, if you're a, a coach or a GM, like, what is it about Tremont Williams precisely that makes you just completely willing to hand a contract to a 38-year-old cornerback? Yeah. I, you know, so much of it, I think, is the locker room presence. Yep. Um, Josh Jackson's on the active-slash-NFI list um, for a foot. Um that last update was July 25th. Uh, there's been nothing since then. So. All right. Confirmed Josh Jackson has a foot. Uh, we're going to take a break. Of course, the Packers have the Oakland Raiders in some part of Canada coming up in two days. As I'm going to probably get this podcast up tonight. It's Tuesday. I don't have any other time to deal with it. So in two days, we'll have the Packers once again. I Boy, Boy am I going to be able to watch that game? Probably not. What who, kind of, what kind of life get, am I leading right now? Are we going to get Canadian television? Probably. Am I, am I going right. to somehow on my computer just very legally and, and respectfully get, get the Packers on television? Yes. We shall see. Um, I forgot to tell you about it last week, but our, our Cheeseheads in Chicagoland Twitter account is officially back and ready to go. So follow us at Cheesecagoland. As we go through the season, uh, weekly updates right here on the podcast feed from Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we got to talk a little bit about Jay-Z because we've talked about 
the things that have led up to the league's current involvement with Jay-Z. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it just a little bit, uh, maybe hit a few more things, and then we're going to let you go. Uh, this is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. You know what? We were having a roll because you remember last off season. Yeah, we like I felt like we did four episodes over the summer. Yeah, about like some bullshit. Yeah, and I, I was I just got the feeling this summer I was like, where are the headlines? There's nothing but the Antonio Brown helmets. Yeah, there's no Le'Veon Bell holdout mm-hmm. situation. We had a pretty normal, uh, like early training camp, pretty normal draft. Time. I mean, yep. Kyler Murray shit happened, and that was whack. And now we're watching. God, him. I don't give a shit about Kyler Murray. Oh, he just looks terrible. Yeah, he looks so bad. Um, yeah, perhaps the Arizona Cardinals should have kept Josh Rosen instead of drafting Kyler Murray number one overall. Uh, should have traded back and chosen like six offensive linemen because they have zero. Yeah, they could have tried tried building an offensive line. Could have tried building a team instead of buying, getting a quarterback and going. Ah, he'll just run away from it. He'll all. be good. Yeah, it'll be fine. He's he's fast. Not how it works. Um, he's a tenth of a second faster than this guy. Than this guy, yeah. so he's gonna be quicker. And yeah, much that better. means good. Uh, yeah, no, they've they've looked really bad. So it's Kyler Murray. Um, only other thing that I really care about about this 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 dang preseason game, we saw Joe Callahan throw three passes. He completed two of them. One of them was a freaking bomb for the Ravens. Or for the Ravens, Joe Callahan's okay. their third string quarterback behind Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley. Well, hello. Did we see Ty Montgomery play for the Ravens in this? No, he's with the Jets now. Okay, right. Yeah, he's cool. And he's he. he There's a big story about him in wasn't the Times. It might have been the Post. It might have been some other weird New York outlet. Um, with a bunch of interviews from Ty Montgomery, just being like, "I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to accept my new role. I'm ready to." Um. So, you know, good for Ty Montgomery. I hope he does He's well. ready to move on. Good. Because I the Packers were ready to move on when he ran a kickoff out of the end zone. <laughs> fumbled. I hope he's and ready fumbled. to fumbled. Yeah. Like good because you're that means you're that means you're only a year behind the you're times. Only a year behind <laughs> the curve. Um, Which is I guess a fine place for you to be if you want to be a year behind the curve. Hey, this is we're back at, actually. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh the only podcast that you can listen to that tells you what Ty Montgomery is doing. Who would, I mean, I, the New York media writes about everyone. Yeah. Like, NewYorkJets.com. I do. I do love the cottage industry of former Packers who just talk a whole load of S yeah. about the Packers. Yeah. Like uh, Greg Jennings. Greg. Yeah. Is just the absolute best at this. And he continues to be the best. That's his whole this. role in like, Apparently, all of media is just to be the one guy that will yeah. shit on Aaron Rodgers. Like, you were once, 
you were once hugged by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, therefore, we are going to pay will you. you. Will, yeah. will, will you come on our show and let us ask questions about his leadership skills? Yeah, we'll pay you four figures every time you do a five-minute hit on television about, like, yeah, tell me about Aaron Rodgers. Like, tell, tell us about the time he told the 49ers that they should sign you. Would you tell us that story yeah. again? Will you tell us that story <laughs> again? Like, do you? Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like the and the thing is, like with Greg Jennings, is that he's not particularly bad on TV. Like he's got no. he's got broadcasting skills that he could be using. I think that he's just kind of finding out that if you if you want to stay in one lane, like the TV is going to use you as like the guy who talks shit about Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yeah. and not the guy who analyzes the NFL. Yeah. No, we don't care about you as an analyst. Yeah, there's a lot of other analysts. Yeah, lots of people can analyze the NFL, but you, you can talk Only shit you about specifically. Aaron Rodgers, Greg Jennings. Come uh, on the show, Greg Jennings. Come on the show. Yeah, af- absolutely. Uh, you know, any current and former NFL player, <laughs> you'd like come to, on the show. You'd like to, I mean, you'd like to come to Matt Malisetter's college apartment? Come to my college apartment, bro. Yeah. Let's go. We are, we are drinking, uh, we're drinking Hopewell Ride or Die Pale Ale today. I have a Burnt City Two-Headed Boy, which is my favorite song by the Neutral Milk Hotel. That's a very good song by the Neutral Milk Hotel. That's a good song. I like I like Two Headed Boy Part Two too. I think that that's actually my favorite song by Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it should be. I think that's a fair choice. There's not very many to pick from. So, such a strange band. Such a weird band. So such, fearless. Uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, I think of all time, is that I, I one time I drove back from Sioux Falls with my mother and my girlfriend at the time, uh, and. We were driving in my car, and I was driving the whole way. It's about three hours from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to Aberdeen, South Dakota. And I only had one CD, I think, at the time, and my radio didn't work. And so it was just, I only had In the Airplane Over the Sea. You were just in the airplane over the sea the so entire time. You listened to wow. it like four or five times straight to get us home. And at the end, they were like, why did you do, why did we listen why to Why did you do that why to us? Why did you do that yeah. to us? And I was like, you didn't say anything. <laughs> I could have turned it off. Like, please enjoy this album about the worst childhood ever lived. <laughs> five times in a yeah, row. Yeah, five I times love in a row. It. Like, I'll sing along. And my, like, I'm a fan of that album. And it's here's my audio audio engineer's take on that album is that it took a bold, bold man to mix that record the way they did <laughs> yeah. with Jeff Magnum's voice. Magnum's voice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so above yeah. and separated from everything else because it's not a great technical voice. But no. Oh, my. It's so unique. It's so unique. And it's like it. I, I think that that Mick, that engineer just found what makes that album so real is that that performance like, you know, you're a film director. If you yeah. get that performance out of an actor, <laughs> you're just like, what is happening? I'm like, all right, dial back all the lights. Yeah. Like, just get it, get him lit. I don't yep. care about, we don't have to stylize this shit. Yeah, if you get an actor who's coming and putting that kind of, like, you know, that kind of beans into it, yeah. like, you gotta, you uh, you gotta got focus it. You sold it. it. Yeah. You don't need anything else. Yeah, that that's one of the, one of the all-time vocal mm. performances. It's what Jeff did on that album. Hey, um. Also, Slater Kinney's album came out today, I gotta, okay. or yesterday, or sometime soon. I got a Slater Kinney produced by St. Vincent. You're like checking boxes for okay, me. Okay, okay. So uh, um, I'll let you know next week if I've found that album and if it's any good. Um, I'm talking about music because apparently I'm trying to segue into 
the first major tabloid headline of the 2019 offseason slash preseason last year's version of the offseason preseason podcast we were talking about like bs a lot yeah we had a lot because of a lot was going on and this year it's been relatively calm i don't want to talk about um i don't want to talk about bryant you know, very much ab doesn't interest me no he's uh you know the whole the whole raiders thing going on over there is yeah is crazy is silly to the point of me not being particularly interested in i'm like what the you're telling me the Raiders aren't very good? Oh, surprise. Makes yeah. for great hard knocks, huh. though. Makes for a great hard knocks season. But uh, Jay-Z, who yep. is a guy I've never been particularly fond of outside of, like, he's a good rapper. Yeah. Has announced, uh, let's see, it's being described by uh, NJ.com, a writer called uh, Todrick Hunt. He has... has uh, been all over the news since announcing his joint entertainment and social activism venture with the NFL last week, and you know I, I think that um, I think that a lot of a lot of what initially got people's attention about Jay Z announcing his enter- entertainment and social activism venture with the mm-hmm. NFL was the immediate optics of it, yeah, which was Jay Z sitting down in a room with Roger Goodell looking very friendly with him. Yeah. Which is something that like if you if you follow last season last off season and you know the the journey of Colin Kaepernick and who was blacklisted by the league and won a settlement or uh settled out of didn't win a settlement but settled out of court in a lawsuit that said that he was blacklisted by the league. Yeah. You know, and then like you have a major entertainment figure sitting down next to the guy who is hired by the owners to represent the league. Yeah. Who blacklisted a guy who whose main request was one, I'd like to work while also protesting and two, I'd like the league to be much more active in uh activism causes. Yeah. In things that affect my community. In th- yeah, in things that affect uh infect the people that I care about. Like that's for for Jay Z to take that to take that spotlight and to be willing to sit sit and shake hands and look like buddies with uh, with Roger Goodell is uh, I don't know I don't I, I do not buy that Jay Z is going to produce anything of value yeah with his activism and social aware social activism venture yeah with the NFL I don't buy for a minute that that's going to produce any and you know I gauge I gauge whether or not you're doing activism right by whether or not you material resources into the hands of poor and working people mm-hmm. that's the only way i have to judge it yeah look at colin kaepernick's work in the last year and a half yeah. every venture he does is based in at least half if not more of putting resources into the hands of poor and working mm-hmm. people whether in america or elsewhere whether it's like i know he had a project where he was uh you know uh providing clothes mm-hmm. to uh to people who like the ostensibly like job interview clothes but you yeah. can wear a pair of clothes more than once you know, like it was actual like the zi- distribution of resources to porn work that's what we always talk about yeah and i've never seen jay-z yeah be involved no. with any cause or venture that does activism on that like very core level that is what i define as activism i think this is absolutely the most cynical thing that the nfl could have done yeah, well, cynical for Jay Z as well. Um, Absolutely. I mean, here's a, here's a the tweet from Funk Flex, uh, Funk Master Flex. 
uh, tweeted, I just got off the phone with Jermaine Dupree. He confirmed that when he was working with the NFL last year, he did get a call from Jay-Z asking him, how deep are you in with the NFL, expressing that that might not be a good idea. Yeah, there's there's that calculated edge of it as well, and that yeah, like, this calculated capitalist edge. because like because last yeah last this uh, this winter's Super Bowl halftime yeah. show was Travis Scott was was meant to was meant to present the NFL as as a as a place where you know, black people and rap and that and all of that could be represented mm-hmm. and be welcome and you know have an Atlanta sort of flavor yeah. to it. Like it was, it was calculated to present the NFL as the league that didn't just blacklist Colin Kaepernick is yeah. what I'm clumsily trying to say. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think, I think that Jay-Z in trying to steer people away from doing that was very much in the way so that he could be the, yeah. be the man who sits down next to Roger Goodell. Yeah. And be be like heralded as the man who broke the ice, and then like Jay Z's comments of "We've moved past kneeling," is yeah. I don't know, like you've left tone deaf. You know, yeah, if, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> let me make a Chicago analogy. Like if if you're saying uh, we've moved past kneeling, like tone deaf was at the North and Clybourne stop, and you're about to pull into Howard. Yeah, you're like <laughs> about to get onto the yellow yeah. line to like head yeah. north. You're taking the Skokie Swift over the bridge, <laughs> my dude. Uh, that is, I almost couldn't believe, like, I thought that that yeah. was a satire headline. Yeah. That he had actually come out and said, we've, we've moved past kneeling. Like, cause question one, like, is who's we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, who are, who are you? Yeah. Why are you in this conversation now? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who are you exactly is a major conversation. And I, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of what Jay-Z does has, just is rubs me the wrong way he is mm. currently like a, a joint venture going on right now with an it's a startup app that is going to uh surveil parolees what yeah people on parole and probation have to uh, like have to download a tracking app oh my god and jay-z is a investor in that oh my god yeah it's i do not I strongly disapprove yeah. of what oh of what Jay Z is doing. Uh, so that's yeah, and and I I remember mentioning somewhere around the Super Bowl last year yeah. that like Roger Goodell I think has has a problem of the fact that like when you take his photograph he's in a room with a bunch of bil- mm-hmm. white billionaires. Yeah, and I think he has found a he found a photo op where he would yeah. not be having his picture taken with. With a bunch of white billionaires, he found a, a black billionaire a, to have a photo. He, he taken found with. one. Yeah, he found one black billionaire and, that he will photograph himself with. Yep. And he can be like, "Oh, see, the NFL is culture. The NFL accepts uh, yep. minorities in the culture of those who work for us." Yeah, uh, I, 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 it, it, I don't I'm, know. I don't know who's buying it. Is the thing? Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, it doesn't. <laughs> seems like there's been backlash from every direction. Yeah. Yeah, this. no one, no one's absolutely, absolutely nobody's buying it. A lot of the people who, you know, have have stood in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick, whether they work or not. I think Eric Reed was immediately, yeah, immediately able to be honest about it. And you know, I tell you what, Eric Reed is just a, you know, Eric Reed is just working for the, you know, working for the Carolina Panthers right now. Yeah. He's a worker earning a paycheck, and he's going to do more just by like calling out the fact that that whole thing is BS than Jay-Z is going to accomplish. 
like Eric Reed just mm-hmm. just continuing to be honest, yeah, is going to like have a greater benefit down the road than than Jay Z essentially like you know accepting a check from the NFL to yeah. be photographed with Roger Goodell. I don't like it. Not a fan. No, me neither. Um, what else was there for big news this week? No cuts for the next couple of weeks. Um, now the cuts are still the cuts are still a ways off the. Uh, yeah, the, the Raiders have been like the only big tabloid story, and I yeah. just don't. Again, like I, I don't, I don't know if I'll leave the, the part in where I'm just like, you're telling me the Raiders aren't very good. Yeah, no, they're not good. They're not good, and they're being dumb. What? Weird, crazy. Yeah. And they seem to be. Yeah, they seem to they're, be like focusing on on high priced name recognition players and coaches and coaches right now. I'm when they're about to move to Las Vegas, I don't believe it. What? The, yeah. Ra- the Raiders really? are dysfunctional? Yeah. You're kidding. Things aren't me. going well over there? You're joking. I tell you what, when I was in when I was in Las Vegas, I I ran around the whole site on kind of my yeah. morning run. I ran the perimeter of the the building site where they're building that yeah. stadium. It's in a perfect spot. You know, yeah. the thing is like nobody's Nobody's gonna lose money on this yeah, venture no. of moving the Raiders to Vegas. The mood around Vegas is very, very anticipatory. They're they're really into it. Like they're, they're gonna have. I think they learned with the uh, with the Las Vegas uh, Knights. Yeah, they learned that they can have like a, a pro sports franchise as a just off the strip attraction. It's gonna that arena is gonna be four, three or four blocks. Yeah, you know, half mile or so just off the strip. You it's know, gonna if, do great. Yeah, I I just kind of chugged my you know chugged myself over there from the Excalibur. So yeah. if I can reach it, y'all can. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna have a nice place to play there, and it's gonna be very cool. But oh my goodness, the uh, when we talk about like ownership in the NFL, like I think you know you can just hold up a big sign that says the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're trying to like detail my problems with the NFL, like. The fact that the Raiders yeah. are still owned by the same people, and you know, you tell me Richie Incognito's working, but Colin Kaepernick is. Yeah, you tell me that. Yep. You tell yep. me that with a straight face. Like I don't, Riley I don't care Cooper who I don't care who you're taking a picture with. Yeah. Like Incognito was involuntarily committed twice in between the last time he was an NFL player and now, and he's going to make an invo- He's going to make an NFL roster. It's not. He's bad. He's a bad. He's a bad man. He's a bad dude. He's <laughs> like, a bad dude. We know we've known he's a bad dude for like years. Now. Yeah. Like it's not just since he was last an NFL player to now. Like he was involved in the big ha- Miami Dolphins hazing. He, stuff. Yeah, he was. In, yeah, involved in like the biggest. He was involved in the only reason why we've ever talked about the Miami yeah. Dolphins on this program. <laughs> like we've known he's a, a shipwreck. Of a human yeah. being for a long time, yet he's still going to make an NFL roster. Uh, baffling, baffling. I'm, I'm utterly baffled. Um, any other big news? Popeye's chicken sandwich. I I love a Popeye's chicken sandwich. New. It's new. Yeah. Okay. It's great. All right. I had it the other day. I'm gonna go get one after this. I'm gonna double up two days in a row. The last the last fast food I ate was a Taco Bell. Wow. When was and it? That was last Friday. Okay. And that, oh boy, I still don't recommend Taco Bell. Yeah, no, it's still not good. Nothing <laughs> yeah. has changed. I do think Taco Bell breakfast, number one in the freaking game. I think, 
I was with my boss. We had done the uh, we had done a media day where we filmed yeah. some interviews with some uh, college volleyball players, and boss is just like and my boss has done this a couple of times where we're just driving along he's like we're going to taco bell and you're like okay okay fine you know i'll steal my yeah. wines for taco bell but um i i just i just always question like why do we just keep on ending up at taco bell because he gets to taco <laughs> bell and he, go somewhere else? he gets to taco bell and he's like what do i even like here I'm like i don't know man you <laughs> chose this place like you were driving the forerunner my dude you asked <laughs> yeah. to go here. how do we yeah how did we get here <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, Popeyes has been top tier all Popeyes along. I guess good. I never knew that they didn't serve a chicken sandwich. Brand new. Because why would I order anything except the bucket of the chicken? The bucket with of the chicken. bones in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the chicken sandwich nails it pretty good. Nails it pretty darn good. It's been all the talk on my Twitter this weekend. It's been well, Popeyes has well done. a good a good not a gooder but a good chicken sandwich that's better than Chick Fil A. That is available on Sundays and it's not sexist and supporting Donald Trump. Yeah, there you go. So, yep. Maybe we get that Popeye sandwich. Yeah, there's. I guess I've I've, I've never like sought out, but also never avoided Chick Fil A. Yeah, you know, despite yeah. their politics, because there's no there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> so like you, <laughs> you know you're not I don't know that you're gonna make the case to me that like McDonald's is a more ethical yeah, that's not choice right. than than Chick Fil A. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're all unique yeah. <laughs> in their own bad ways. But hmm, Popeyes, yeah, I gotta get some dinner. I'm running, I'm running on oatmeal. Oh, oh, get some food. Yeah, I'm running on a bowl of oatmeal. This is my, this is my part. All right, I'm gonna plug what, uh, what's coming up on uh, on Friday. I'm doing play by play for the Penn Kingsman at the Valparaiso Vikings. That's Indiana High School football. You can listen to that on GlobeRadio.org. Or go to rrsn.com, check out our broadcast schedules. We're streaming a bunch of high school football on video and audio there. Um, yeah, follow Cheese Cagoland on Twitter. Follow mm-hmm. follow me on Twitter at MP Fleischman if you care about um, my my Twitter slogan, 2019, it's cool to be awesome, which I'll tweet every once in a while. And also any sort of updates about Indiana high school football, because those are also what I'm doing there. Yeah. Um, you're working, you're doing stuff. I'm working. I'm doing stuff. Um, you know, from here on out. Hopefully, starting tomorrow. Call that uh, Lou Malnati's in Bucktown. If yep. you're uh, hungry for pizza, I'll swing it over to you. Um, you should follow me on Twitter uh, at Matt Melumsetter. Um, no, sorry, not at Matt Melumsetter. At Melumsetter. Yeah. Or search Matt Melumsetter Twitter. You'll come up with You'll the same result. Come up with it. <laughs> You'll might. come up with the same result because there's only one of us uh, in the whole world. Um. Anything else? Uh, finished up a music video called uh, "Louis Ghost" that'll be releasing soon. Um, with Open Channel Siphon, which is a group that I am a part of, a little music group band thing. Um, that'll be on YouTube soon. That's it. Put it up on your Twitter. I will. I will okay. put it up on my Twitter. Me, social media cross promotion. That's yeah. We'll put it up been, on every site. We've been having meetings about that at work yeah. recently. Okay. Okay. Social okay. media cross promotion. Uh. So we'll be back next week. We'll get an episode recorded about what the uh, Packers do up in Canada against the Oakland Raiders, the least interesting team in the entire NFL. Um, Until then, thank you very much for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Stay cheesy, baby.